Hello, and welcome to Quick Charge by Electrek. I'm Mikey G, and it's Wednesday, November 30th. Tesla is planning a massive ramp-up in Model Y production output from Gigafactory Texas in the first quarter of 23. In the meantime, the situation is a bit more complex in the United States with a pending tax credit. A reliable source familiar with the matter told Electrek that Tesla is currently preparing for 75,000 Model Y vehicles to come out of Texas in the next quarter. That would put Tesla's production at over 5,000 units per week. This is generally Tesla's goal for volume production and where Tesla wants to be with the Model Y at Giga Texas before moving the focus to Cybertruck production. Additionally, sources familiar with the matter told Electrek that Tesla is dealing with some level of cancellations in the U.S. due to long wait times leading to customer situations changing between the time that they place the order and the time of actual delivery. Tesla is also dealing with some customers looking to push their deliveries into next year to take advantage of the upcoming new EV tax credit. Tesla may be sitting on a lot of inventory until the new year when, assuredly, it'll be gangbusters. Tesla has secured a large fleet order from the California Department of Transportation called Caltrans, which is trying to electrify their entire vehicle fleet. Government agencies have been criticized at times for buying Teslas because they're considered luxury vehicles, but the purchase was approved by the Department of General Services, and the agency argued that it offers the best value for taxpayers than any other all-electric vehicle. The agency told Drive Tesla Canada that it placed an order for 399 Tesla Model 3s. It turns out they already took delivery of 236 of them. As of late, Tesla has also received larger orders from companies like Hertz and Autonomy. We reported that Tesla filed its end-of-quarter delivery slots with some of these fleet deliveries during the last quarter. And hopefully, they have more to go during the last quarter of the year. Tesla is losing Anders Bell, the senior director of engineering in charge of vehicle interior, who will return to Volvo. He was a big hire for Tesla back in 2016 when they weren't as well established, but things have changed for Tesla since then. Bell took over Tesla's engineering team in charge of the interiors, which is based in California. He stayed at the role until last year, when he was promoted to Senior Director of Vehicle Engineering for Europe, based in Berlin. But now, The Independent is reporting that Bell is returning to Volvo. Interestingly, in his absence from Volvo, the Swedish automaker has been sort of following Tesla's direction in interior design. The interior of their recently unveiled Volvo EX90 electric SUV is very reminiscent of Tesla's Model S and X interior, at least before the refresh. Tesla has started selling its charging stations at Best Buy in the U.S., trying to make the charging connector the new North American standard. Earlier this month, Tesla surprised many by announcing that it opened up its EV charge connector with the aim of making it the standard. The automaker is actually challenging the J1772-CCS combo connector, which is very, very big and has been adopted by virtually all other automakers selling in the U.S. or North America. The Tesla connector is objectively superior, but that's not the only thing necessary for mass adoption. Public acceptance is another major factor, and the move to sell at Best Buy is certainly inching towards that end. The prices are actually the same as Tesla's website, 550 bucks for the station with the J1772 connector and 400 for the station with the Tesla connector. Maybe you can get some Best Buy points or something, but this shows that Tesla is not concerned with controlling distribution of the product. 
The upcoming refresh of the Mercedes-Benz eSprinter electric van has been tested with impressive results on both range and efficiency. Perhaps electric van life is coming faster than we think. The test was conducted by Tudesud, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's T-U-V with little dots over the U and S-U-D with little dots over the U. It rhymes, I'm sure. Anyways, it's an independent testing agency on a real-world route that they did through the mountains of southern Germany from Stuttgart to Munich and back again. The e-sprinter traveled 475 kilometers with an additional 20 kilometers left on the battery at the end of the trip. For us Americans, that winds up being 2,360 furlongs with 3,300 Mark Twains left over. In either case, the van used about 2.8 kilowatt hours per mile, which is a very good milestone for such a tall van. The current e-sprinter is rated at 1.6 miles per kilowatt hour, and this test showed that the 2024 model is almost 50% increasing in efficiency. Ford has announced that they have produced the 150,000th Mach-E. To keep the ball rolling, Ford is picking up its Mach-E production pace and is now aiming for an annual production rate of 270,000 as part of the strategy to reach 600,000 EVs as a run rate by the end of 2023. Sales data in the USA shows that Ford is in a distant second place in EV sales behind Tesla, and it's largely due to the Mach-E. Here are some interesting facts about the Mach-E, by the way. Over 73% of Mustang Mach-E customers are new to the Ford brand, with nearly all of them from gas-powered vehicles, which totally makes sense. 30% of Mach-E customers in the U.S. are millennials, while almost half in China are ages 27 to 37. GM has spilled a couple of beans on the upcoming electric Corvette, and they are very strange beans indeed. According to sources within the GM Tech Center, who spoke with Car and Driver, the first electric Corvette proposals are copies of nothing. And that very well could be the case for an electric sports car. The first two styles from Corvette will include a four-door coupe and a crossover. The report says, quote, The aim is not to beat Taycan and Cayenne at their own game, but to create three American legends capable of breaking new ground by making the essence of Corvette scalable. To do so, that essence must at all times be in a state of progressive flux. So, uh, everybody listening, just go ahead and wait for opinion time because I've got some words for GM's electric Corvette four-door and crossover. Just you wait. Just six years after what began as a solar vehicle competition among students, the company that is now called Lightyear has officially kicked off the start of production of their Lightyear Zero solar electric car. At the event, which Electrek did attend, Lightyear co-founder and CEO Lex Holzflut said, quote, This start of production moment is both beginning and an end. The end of the chapter we started back in 2016, and it's the beginning of true solar mobility. It's an achievement in the automotive industry like never before. And while we may be the first, it's my sincere hope and belief that we won't be the last. Okay, it is opinion time. We didn't have to wait that long. Corvette looks like it's moving into its own brand instead of just a sports car that it has epitomized for so long. Like the Mustang badge, the Corvette is not without its controversies in history, by the way. The gas crisis Corvettes were sometimes called not Corvettes, and the Cadillac slash Corvette cars more recently were also called not Corvettes. In today's market, any upcoming electric brand, both small and large, 
is pretty much obligated to enter the market with a crossover, and it's the highest selling segment by far. Of course, there are outliers, but you know what I mean. Nevertheless, the news that Corvette is making a utility vehicle and a sedan, it's very jarring, even for myself, and I do electric vehicle news every day. I guess this goes to show you that the electric transition is far more volatile and morphing than many of us had anticipated. The move for Corvette could be seen as desperate, I mean, maybe opportunistic. At the very least, the established norms and institutions that the car industry has followed for generations, they're eroding in many ways. And to me, that is crystal clear with the Corvette. In today's community comment found on YouTube, many of you complimented my use of sign language at the end of yesterday's installment. If you're curious, both my wife and my daughter were born hard of hearing, and my sign language use is primarily centered at home. If you use two languages at home, then you already realize that the situation is actually very far from a complete path to fluency. In reality, my skills are at the conversational level and not a whole lot past that. I got my start learning sign language before meeting my wife as I was attracted to the simplicity of expression and the directness of conveying meaning through movement. If you want to learn more about sign language, there is actually a broad news recap show that's very much like Quick Charge, and it's done in sign language. It's called The Daily Moth. Definitely check that out when you have the chance. Thanks for watching Quick Charge by Electrek. I'm Mikey G. I hope you have a great day.